Hello, fortune seekers. Do you have your PAX Unplugged badge ready? Will you be roaming the floors for our new games? Getting dizzy with excitement? Well, we have a convention veteran, Sam Orangerful, on tap to help you make the most of your precious hours on the show floor and the unpub tables. Sam will also be talking about her time on board game TikTok. That and so much more on today's episode of the Mega Moth Studios Super Secret Podcast. Shh. Don't tell anybody about it. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, friendship breaker and recipe taker, Joel Watts, joined as always by... Uh, Danny, just over here, trying to get my fill of oranges before Orangerful takes us through her her PAX survival guide. And this week we are joined by Sam Orangerful, aka Orangerful on TikTok. Sam, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Counting down the days. We're about ten days out now from PAX when we're recording this, and I am very excited to to talk about it and just keep the hype going. <laughs> Do you want to uh, slice Dan- a tangerine? I got, I got some extra here. I mean, yeah. Can you mm-hmm. just shove it yeah. in the camera? That'd be great. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Danny and I are excited about PAX as well. We're, we're uh, corked up with some media badges right now, but we're also very nervous about it. And you're going to help walk us through the do's and don'ts of conventions, specifically PAX Unplugged. So we're going to get a survival guide for us and for you. Uh, but before that, we do want to, you know, we do have a, a normal thing, a normal starter here. The question of the week. Are you ready for this week's question? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. It sounds like Wist- that. <laughs> well, it sounds like Wiston's very excited about the question as well. So oh, okay. for this week's question, let's just keep it on topic. Keep it on point. Okay. Orange or full? What is your favorite convention memory? Oh, <laughs> there are there's so many. It's hard to pick just one. Um, but I will try to say PAX Unplugged centric because apparently I've been going to a lot of conventions for a while now. <laughs> but um, I think I think one of the big ones for me last last year, which I think it just kind of blew my mind, was that somebody actually recognized me. At wow. the convention. <laughs> what was that like? Oh, wow. And it was Welcome to Boredom from TikTok. Um, oh, yeah, true. And, but it was unplugged. I had a, I had a mask on because it's December and you don't want to, like, get any con cred or anything like that. Um, but mm-hmm. he still managed to recognize me. And he was like, Sam. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I just post to amuse myself and have a good time and don't really think about it going both ways kind of a thing. So to have him say hello to me was just one of those like really cool moments to be like oh that's so cool that i you know i'm part of that community it's not just kind of a lurker but i'm yeah somebody that you can recognize um and if you see them and say hello to them they are also thrilled so yeah i think i think that's definitely up there in my top my top memories from the conventions oh that's so cool i love that yeah, yeah. very cool very cool ego boost well, <laughs> <laughs> well danny uh We've been to a convention too. Did you want to, you know, sure. take a shot? Yeah. About well, what? I don't think this will come as any surprise to anyone who's been listening to the podcast. But uh, my my favorite convention memory is definitely Comic Palooza this year because that's where we launched the game, and honestly, it's where everything started changing for us. Um, we met probably uh, four of the more consequential people in our journey to turning this uh, game into uh, what it is today, which, I mean, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's certainly something that's life-consuming. I mean, we met uh, someone who has guided us through TikTok and social media and really introduced us to all these different industry contacts. We met our first artist there, one of our most important play testers, um, and also uh, our first uh, LGS store manager to give us an LGS event and everything comes back to comic palooza if we weren't there doing that that day um i don't know where we would be today to be honest yeah 100 percent. i mean comic palooza 2023 was obviously or shouldn't say obviously but for people who have listened to the podcast it was danny and i's first um major event uh first convention and the first time we demoed the game to the public at large which was a big undertaking 
And, you know, everything about the convention, how it was ran, really made it go smoothly for us. In fact, the uh, comic store organizer that you spoke about, Ender, he specifically said that he tried out our game because we were on the list of games that were, you know, uh, playable. So he saw not our booth or our setup, but he saw us on a list and he went out of his way to find us. That means that just shows how well run this organization is. Um, and I believe they work for the game room. They work with the adventure begins. So it just, you know, they know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just a really good, it was just a really well run uh, situation for us to be able to get the most out of our, our time there. And yeah, it was also just eye-opening us going onto the floor uh, for the first time uh, we went in we went in shifts onto the floor uh where the artist alley is and stuff like that but it was like the first time that we started having that confidence of like looking around at art that people had posted and be like will this work for the game will that work for the game <laughs> going up getting numbers getting contact information um so just for it to you know pivotal is what i would say we didn't Comic have any Palooza. artists at that point you know no. pivotal is a perfect word we will, uh, but I, I mean, just try, I mean, there were so many memories that happened there, but I think just my favorite memory was uh, meeting other game makers who were also sharing the space and having them come over and play our game and us going and playing their games. It was just like, oh, this is the first taste of what we've come to learn is that the game making community is quite inviting, quite open and very friendly. And it just was so nice to to share what we had worked on and to see what they had. It, you know, it's like I'm sure musicians feel that way when they share songs with each other and lyrics and things like that. So, yeah, Comic Palooza 2023, a lot of great memories. Would you recommend shining lights in people's faces? Uh, yeah, because it got us uh, in contact with Curvin, who we had no idea who Curvin was, but now we know that a lot of people know who Curvin is. <laughs> And you know what? If I had to shine that right light in his face, he might have never sauntered over. Yeah, I, I remember when he showed up for the playtest and he did not look like he was very happy to playtest the game. And we learned months later it's because uh, you flashed him. So no additional context needed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get another opportunity to flash him at PAX Unplugged, which we're about to go yep. to. Ever dreamed of embarking on legendary quests, unlocking hidden secrets, and discovering untold riches? Dive into the world of X, Seekers of Fortune. It's the game that's soon to be taking the internet by storm. Sign up today at xseekersoffortune.com and start your journey to greatness. Remember, fortune favors the bold. See you there. So, maybe we should get into the hype episode, the survival guide. Um... Well, I guess, but this is also wonderful. This is our chance to get to know you better. So why don't we start with your overall convention experience so people understand that you are the person to listen to. So what was the first convention that you went to for games and what brought you to it? Um, I, it was PAX East. And according to the announcement that just came out, apparently that was 20 years ago. <laughs> it was the first PAX East in Boston. Um, cause I remember it was at the Heinz center, but it was right when it had, they had finally, you know, hosted one out here. They had had one in Seattle for a few years before that. And then they had enough um, people saying we want one here that mm -hmm. they hosted in Boston. So apparently that was 20 years ago. And that was my first gaming convention. And that was when I was pretty much just video games. That was all I was really playing. Um, but yeah, I haven't gone every year since then, but I've been to several PAXs, um, mostly PAX East, and then now three PAX Unplugged and mm -hmm. PAX Online when they were doing that um, during the um, lockdown, and then a scattering of Dragon Cons and one San Diego Comic Con, which is more more about TV and film than it is about um, gaming, but yeah. Yeah. So a few. It feels like San Diego Comic Con has sort of been taken over by Marvel and Star Wars, yeah. just thinking yeah. Disney. I will say, and I did do Gen Con for the very first time this year, because um, I won a badge from Benita off of uh, TikTok. Awesome. And after going to Gen Con and having been to PAX Unplugged, I would say that Gen Con feels like San Diego Comic-Con to me, and PAX mm -hmm. Unplugged feels a little more, a little cozier, a little smaller, right. um, which is nice. I think if you haven't been to a board game convention before, um, but you want to go to a quote-unquote bigger one that unplugged is a really good fit because it's a little more chill 
and not just because it's December in Philadelphia, um, but it is, you know, it, it's December. And a lot of times you tell people like, oh, I'm going to this convention and it's in December. They're like, oh, December, I don't want to travel in December. It's hard for me. So it ends mm-hmm. up just kind of naturally being a calmer convention experience, at least for the three that I've been to. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. this year because they do have um, Matt Mercer from Critical Role coming and, Ooh. you know. That's a big. That's a big fandom for the TTRPG crowd. So who I knows? Like Captain <laughs> Levi. Okay. Well, we got to start playing towards the audience that's going to be there. We need to see who else is going to guess. Uh, you bring up a good. Okay, talk about survival guide. Here's my first survival question. I am from Texas. Danny is from Texas, but Danny's a little more traveled than I am. This is my first time above the Mason Dixon. So, <laughs> what is what like what what should I be bringing coat? you know, wise, like how many layers and like how, uh, how warm is it going to be in the convention center? Or am I still going to need to expect to like bundle up in there? Yeah, I've been pretty spoiled the last few years. And I've got the hotel that was attached to the convention center to minimize my outside time. (laughs) But also the last couple of years have been kind of warm. I haven't looked to see what the forecast is for next weekend, but I was able to get away with kind of a hoodie and then just wrapping it around if I got cold. But if you know, who knows? It is December in Philadelphia. It could, you know, could snow. Um, PAX does have coat checks. Um, oh, so yeah. if you do, you know, get there first thing in the morning, you can pay to check your coat and not have to worry about freezing. Because, and the big thing is food. Um, I am one of those people that, like, I'm like, when is my next big meal? Cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the same you way. Could, you know, you could eat convention center food, but then you also mm-hmm. probably could have bought a board game for the price of that hot dog. So... Mm-hmm. There's lots of places to eat right outside the convention center that are much more reasonably priced, and especially in the Reading market, is just yeah. full of good food. So having that jacket, even just to run between spaces, might be worth it. Um, Reading market is super walkable. Like, it, would you say it's easy yeah. to get in and out of the convention center to go eat there? Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. I think Sweet. the one there's one exit that should be like almost right outside when you pop out of it. So the convention center is a weird shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully we're not sharing it last year. I think there was like a teacher's convention happening at the same oh, time, no. which made navigating a couple spots really tricky because of how they had to sort of guide us away from where the teachers were hanging out. But I, I think this year we'll probably be fine. Uh, but yeah, well, I hope those teachers learn their lesson. And I hope so. Them. I hope they've been played some games They should by be accident. scheduling their convention for the same weekend as the stripper convention. Yeah. <laughs> this is they, these ladies, des- they deserve to have fun. They deserve to be going out and having some fun. Okay, so definitely a jacket. I just checked the weather, and according to, uh, I mean, you only get so many days out with uh, the weather app, but according to this, Thursday will be highs of 39, lows of 29. So definitely keep that in mind. I'm sure if, if the weather trends that way, maybe maybe a jacket and a long sleeve or something like that. Yeah. So. I mean, and again, I have a higher tolerance because I have lived here and I've have family up in new england so for me sometimes a hoodie and a scarf is enough as long as mm-hmm. it's not too cold but i also I love know, a scarf yeah really, a good yeah. scarf can really have you not have to wear that winter coat if you can really get a good scarf going and it's much easier to shove that in your backpack when you've decided it's way too hot in the expo hall <laughs> oh, yeah bet. that's a good point I, I definitely i have i have some scarves you know i i am a I'm a Texan who loves winter fashion, so this will definitely be a chance for me to put on a couple of uh, extra pieces of clothing. Um, but I'm I'm sure that the convention center itself, assuming you don't go out of it, you know, once you get inside, you'll be pretty in good shape if you just stay in the entire time. Cool. So that's well, I definitely uh, that's, am an advocate for you being properly clothed. So <laughs> then I can't wait to sh- I can't wait to shred out my winter fashion on you. You know, I have a peacoat, right? <laughs> I oh, can't nice. wait to see it. We better what color get some TikToks of some fashion happening. Uh, navy blue. A navy blue peacoat. Is it accessible? <laughs> Could we get a little sneak peek? Oh, okay. I guess so. <laughs> if he has to. The people at home are, are having to listen to us. <laughs> Coerce yes. Jolene to putting on a peacoat It's always right great now. to do some uh, visual humor in a audio medium. <laughs> That's why you should go to our YouTube and check it out on YouTube. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, well, it's twice the fun. <laughs> Joel's yelling at me. I can only <laughs> presumably say that he is saying he's he's trying uh, to find it. he's trying to find his peacoat, and uh, I guess he he can hear us. He must have his earpods in. So yeah, he, he had his earpods in earlier. So this is this is don't like talk one of those. Oh yeah, this is definitely when I would talk about him because <laughs> right, he'll come running in. Oh, 
Here oh, we, there go. we, we go. Lost, we missed our opportunity. Here he is. He's going to put it on over Ooh, the Ooh, that's like a crushed velvet. Okay. Is that crushed velvet? I don't know, maybe. I can check. I thought it was wool. I thought it was wool. Oh, well. Well, maybe it is. It just oh, nice. had a nice shimmer to it. Yeah. Maybe I should sit down so you can. I am hot. I'm already like now. I'm already about to be boiling, <laughs> so I can't leave this on for long. But you can see, you know, kind of pop up the collar if I yeah. really need to, and then down. And yeah, a good scarf in here, and it looks very classy. It looks like uh, I don't know. Is this know, like sufficient some, for packs, the Captain? Sam? I mean, I think it's sufficient. I just. I prefer a hoodie where I can crumple it up and shove it in my backpack or tie it around my waist if I'm too hot. Whereas a peacoat, you gotta go hang it up. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a scarf available, true. Joel? Can we can we see the whole ensemble? Let's see how many articles of clothing we can get you for. <laughs> Start a whole new game. <laughs> well, why don't you set up your little prank and I'll go and grab a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have a little prank. I just want to see how many articles of clothing. How he's many things put on. you get him to put on? So, do you have a hat? Do you have? Yeah. Some mittens. Um, oh a, yeah, we should get them to wear muffler. mittens. <laughs> a muffler. <laughs> we just, the podcast is just Joel packing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What 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 else should people packing. be packing for 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 packs? That's a good uh, question. Yeah, I mean, I'm comfy shoes is always the big thing that everybody's going to tell you. Put on those comfy shoes. Yeah. Um, put in. That uh, also the thing that they will remind people is de deodorant. Um, yes, please. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes it's good to grab a travel one and just throw it in your backpack or whatever you're carrying around, just in case you know you do have your pea coat and your scarf on, and then realize you've gotten too warm. You're <laughs> at eleven o'clock in the morning. You're not going. Oh no, this is just going to get worse the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I think that that is great advice. Anyone listening at home, purchase travel size deodorant and bring it. You know, bring an extra one. You know, yes. you never know. Just no. deodorant. Please not act spray. Please not spray thing. Where you're like, no aerosols, please. Yes, please. Because then you've gone too far in the other direction. And we're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. B.O. and Axe. Those are the two aromas available. And yeah. overpriced hot dogs. Don't be that person. So we've got on our packing list, we've got comfy shoes. We've got deodorant. What else? What, what uh, should wa I bring? Water what? bottle. Hydrate water or bottle. dehydrate. Please don't die. Okay. Um, <laughs> hydrate or dehydrate. <laughs> Yeah. But if you've already invested in a Wild Bills mug, also bring your Wild Bills mug. Um, What's a Wild Bills mug? Oh, you, um, Wild Bills is a staple of a lot of board gaming conventions that I've been to, at least PAX and Gen Con. I've seen them there. Um, they have soda that they mm -hmm. they sell. It's a veteran-owned, um, it's caffeine-free soda. It's like natural sugar, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's delicious. And if you buy one of their fancy mugs, they give you like a discount for the weekend. So once you've made the investment of the fancy mug, I'm always trying to remember <laughs> to bring the fancy oh, mug. <laughs> and it's convention to convention. It's the same mug you get to just bring? Yeah, yeah. You just bring it with you and go up and say, I need to buy the weekend pass. And they're like, okay. And they give you the, the pass and you can just go up and refill your soda anytime you want to. So oh, we have to do that. It can be a that. nice That's little very afternoon pick-me-up. Yeah. And they're all different flavors <laughs> like sarsaparilla, vanilla, strawberry, cherry. Ooh. You know, it's, it's good. It's good. That so, sounds great. Um. Yes, that's the other. And your favorite lanyard. Bring that. That was one of those things at okay. Gen Con. I forgot my lanyard and I was sad because I didn't have all my pins that I had collected. <laughs> Did they give you a lanyard with your badge? They will. Not? And it'll have some kind of promo on it or something. But I had Nothing one that cool. I liked. <laughs> yes. What was on it? <laughs> it's just got um, like cool neon like logos of. I think I think that one's from Pax, but it's got like the X from Pax, and like just it's like a neon style. And it was also full of pins that I had purchased and was gonna trade and or just liked how they looked. Um, but oh, I forgot cool. it when I went to when I went to Gen Con, so I had to wear one that was advertising the boys the whole weekend. Pins <laughs> are a big part of Pax, right? Pins hmm? like isn't that like a big? Pax oh yeah, pin trading is huge. It's huge at Pax. Um, there's usually at least one limited edition pin for the show, and then they'll be like. Um, a pin trading station where you can go up and trade out pins that you don't want from other packs, and it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. It's like a little treasure hunt when you get into it. This fun, this one's been really cool too because I don't know if you've looked at the page at all, but all the packs for this year were like throwback '80s looks. So all the pins were little cassette tapes. So yeah, I, I love I it. Yeah, I saw the badges <laughs> kind of look like they were uh, yeah, they're like cassette tapes or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and. And, and do you get buy a pin or and then just start trading? Like, how does that work? I've never been involved in the pin scene. Like, um, yeah, they've that? got 
like little pin packs that you could just buy right at the PAX merch booth. It'll have like four different pins usually for a certain amount of whatever they're doing. They'll have like one for the show and then they'll just have a bunch that they sell all the time. Um, and mm. then once you've got anything that's an official Penny Arcade pin, you can go up to the Penny Arcade. They've got like a little trading station. You can go up and you show it to the person, the enforcer there, and they check to make sure it's valid. Then they're like, okay, you can pick anything else off the board. So wow. it's a chance cool. to get you know something cool if you got that you know four pack and you really only wanted two of them then you can go up and trade maybe you'll find like somebody didn't want the really cool one that you thought was cool (laughs) (laughs) i love it the easiest one is to buy like the pronoun i bought the pronoun pins last year and i was like well i only need one of these so that i went up and gave (laughs) the other ones back and got some other pins i was like there that'll make somebody else's day who comes up to trade and goes oh they finally have my my pin so well that's fantastic Excellent. Okay, cool. So we should be able to get back into it. I don't know what uh, awesome conversations you two cats have been having since I went and got cool. But, so just to be clear, so. you're going to be wearing this for the rest of the episode and your AC doesn't work? Is that what, what the score is right now? <laughs> that's, the, that's the score right now. We'll see if I can make it. So you might want to, we might want to try to make this a long one if you want to get the most out of trolling me, Danny. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, absolutely. Well, there'll be there'll be plenty of opportunities. So, to bring you up to speed, we just talked about pins and pins pin trading, and we talked a little bit about what to pack. Spoiler alert: uh, deodorant is very high on that list, along with. I did hear that shoes. portion, and I do want to say that yes, please, proper grooming it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah. You know, those. So, okay. if, if, you, if you think you're not going to have, here's a tip. If you don't think you're going to have time for a full blown shower in the morning, at least go and get some wet okay. wipes and hit the, <laughs> hit the danger zones. Okay. No, Before if you, you don't head think you're going to have time for a full blown shower in the morning, you're wrong. Go take the shower. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you now. Better to show up late <laughs> and clean than yeah. early and repulsive. This, this is your mom calling. She said, no, go take the shower. Yeah. Oh, was, <laughs> Don't uh, be that nerd. Orderful. The okay, so, TikTok, you know, matriarch. So for the first, first, first timers out there heading to PAX, like when they walk in the door, what are they going to see the second they, they walk through those doors? Um problem is, is there's multiple entrances but oh, okay. <laughs> the one the entrance well, that I, in your first. <laughs> because i only just know this because last year because those dang teachers they made me go to the other door and i got really confused <laughs> um <but laughs> there are i believe there's like two entrances there's one that is kind of um through like kind of a little business the thing where the hotels connect like the two hotels connect and there's like a Duncan and stuff with escalators and you'll go up and there'll just be this big open hallway that is going to kind of yellow brick road you down to the expo hall but on either Mm -hmm. side there will be um, some of the different free play rooms that's one of the great things about PAX that I love is there's just so many opportunities to play so there'll be like the classic cardboard room where there will just be what it sounds like, like older games that you can just walk in, sit down, start playing with people. Um, there'll be the rooms booked for the learn and play games where different um, TikTok personalities and online personalities will be teaching um, teaching games, which is really fun. Um, and sometimes you get to win the games at the end, which is also very cool. Uh, <laughs> That's sweet. CGE uh, usually has their own room, um, so they might be there. They're, last year they what were is actually CGE? Um, uh, check games. The ones who make Arnak and Lost Rooms of Arnak and Codenames, um, oh, cool. Starship Captains. Uh, they kind of have their own space usually. Uh, oh, nice. It's like a long hallway with all these different rooms. So take the time to kind of look and see what's happening in those spaces because there might be something there you want to come back to later. Um, and then if you walk down that long hallway, the expo hall zone will appear to you and it will be a massive depending on what time of day it is there may be a massive line of people trying to get into that hall um if it's very early still but usually around like one o'clock things have kind of chilled out and people are just sort of able to get in and out pretty quickly um so yeah and then you know just multiple ways to walk into that expo hall so getting in there and kind of figuring out where the heck you are in relationship to the things that you wanted to see is the first step and I keep saying it's the expo hall, but it's really just that giant room and it's split in half with one half being your vendors, your um, publishers and people demoing stuff. And then the other half is the free play library area and the first look area and probably the crokinole zone um, will be on that side. And that split in the middle at six o'clock is what closes. 
and everything that is this side where all the publishers and stuff are demoing will be closed after six and everything on the other side will be open till midnight and you can just play all night long which is one of my favorite things to do um so yes what, <laughs> what happens after midnight then they kick you out. You have to go play in the lobby of the hotel with everybody at the bar or whatever. <laughs> oh, I hope, I I hope we can run into a, a game to go play at the bar. You know, I actually just played uh, X Seekers of Fortune at a bar the other night. I went on a date, and the person was interested in trying the game, so we played it on the table. It was such a tiny table for it, but, you know, the, the beer and pretzels kind of game is uh, definitely a trope, so I'm glad ours can fit into that trope. Yeah. For all those out there looking for first date advice, bring X Seekers of Fortune with you. Apparently, it is a aphrodisiac. I will say the person who we played with was not a gamer, and she said she liked the game and would play it again. So, That's yeah, nice. well, it sounds yeah. like a good first date to me. Yeah, yeah, that, and then she read my tarot. <laughs> oh wow! How long do you? Yeah. Have? <laughs> <sighs> Too long. <laughs> Oh boy! Too long to be dressed like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess that means that we can we can amp up the trolling, knowing that there's no real fear of your untimely demise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So let's see. Um, okay. So I mean, it, it, one thing that I'm really worried about as a attendee, Danny and I have a little bit of a plan down, but I can only imagine is if you don't have a plan, you could really run into you know, just feel like you didn't utilize your time well. So I don't know how best to break this down. I was thinking, what would you, what would you say is the thing to do day one? If you're going both days, what do you do day one? Um, day one, I would just say get the lay of the land of the expo hall at least. So I like uh -huh. to walk kind of all the way to the back, which is usually where the little indie publishers are set up and some of the more like random booths, sometimes like the colleges and things will be there. And sort of just walk up and down the aisle and kind of see just who's where, what's going on, which, you know, which tables look like they have a lot going on. Um, and I think, you know, you can do that pretty quick, you know, like the first 20 minutes you can kind of walk, if you just walk up and down. That's hard to do though. We're all, we're all gamers and we're all like, ooh, side quest, I want to play your demo. And then you sit down and so much for that plan. But in a, if you really wanted to try, you could do the whole like walk up and down the aisles and just kind of see what's happening, see who's there, kind of, kind of start making that mental list of, ooh, I definitely want to make time for that booth or the eh, it's not really my thing booth you know and, and okay. keep on going so, so, um, so but I would have a, a, go ahead Joel I was just going to say so day one kind of make your to-do list for day two I'd say day one and you could probably even do this at the start of day one I don't think you're going to need the whole day but maybe mm -hmm. make yeah your goals list it doesn't have to be too firm because you don't know sometimes you think oh, I really want to play that demo and you get there and like everybody else wants to play that demo right then and you're like okay I'll come back I'll come back in an hour I'll swing back around and see um, you know or, and that's good you know sometimes you're like yes they're getting a lot of people at their booth like, I'll come back later and check them out um, so yeah I'd say having those nice goals for like booths that you definitely want to visit people you definitely want to see in the expo hall um, if there's any panels that you're interested in, I mean, you could look at that now on the website to see if there's any scheduled panels that are touching on topics that you want to go to, and then you can plan around those also. Um, I actually don't have a ton that I was going to go to. Like, I want to see, maybe see Shut Up and Sit Down if they're there. Um, oh, yeah. Their, the... They've got, like, one panel. So I was like, that's either going to be ridiculous and I'm not going to be able to get in, or maybe I'll just, you know, maybe I'll get in, and it'll be worth sitting in line for that because we'll all play games while we're sitting in line. Um so yeah, check out the panels. There might be stuff you want to do there. If you're into doing um, role-playing games, D&D, &D, or anything like that, those have signups usually the morning of, too. So if you want to look mm -hmm. for things that you're interested in dabbling in, you know, those might be your prioritizing what you're going to do and then working your expo hall exploration around that. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that the hall closes at 6 for, you know, most of those guys, too, is, is good to know. Yeah, okay, 6 o'clock is like, oh, what, what time does it open again? 10. 10 to 6. Okay, so you have 10 to 6 to do panels, to play demos in the hall itself, and uh, potentially to play d and I was just thinking, you mentioned Matt Mercer was going to be there. Like, the, the, the idea of a secret set, if he were to just randomly be the DM for one of those uh, open plays oh uh, unannounced, that would be such a mic drop moment for, you know, the D&D &D community right there. Yeah. But, okay, so basically, probably the first thing to do, scout out... Find, like, take a look at everything there is to offer and make your, like, short list of the things that you can actually get to. Like, how yeah. long does, would you say, 
I mean, obviously every game's different, but would you say there's an average time to be like, if I go to that demo and there's like a minimal or no line, how long would uh, uh, each demo, how long should you budget for each demo you try to take? Um, I think I would be kind and give them all 30 minutes just okay. to be, you know, because some, some, some gamers, like the demo is set up because they need to move people through and they know that. So they're, maybe they're just going to show you a couple turns and be like, that's my game. Mm -hmm. And they have to move you yeah. on. And there might be other people that are like, we're going to play a full game. Sit on down. Because um, mm -hmm. I know that like uh, Runaway Parade Games, who does Fire Tower, which is just... If you've seen it, it's very visual, and everyone's like, oh, I want to play that. And now they have another one called um, Punchbowl that's coming out, also really cute and visual. But last year, they had the table set up, and we sat and played a full game. They taught wow. us the first few turns and then said, okay, play a game. It's a quick game, but mm -hmm. it was nice to get to play that. But some of the other you know, booths may not have maybe a full-length demo that they're capable of doing just based on their staffing or... They just might not have the equipment to do it. So kind of yeah. depends. And so some games take four hours to play. Right. Yeah. They're, hopefully they're not demoing their Twilight Imperium spinoff or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have talked to Danny before about like if we do these events, we might have to make a truncated version of X where we play like only three adventures to complete the game or something like that. So people get a full playthrough, but also can do it like in 10 minutes instead of 25. Yeah. Yeah. And you will see, like I said, there'll be tables where maybe there's an active person who demos, but then maybe they've got like a couple tables at their booth too. They're like, you can just sit down and play or, you know, we'll show you that, and then I'm going to move back on to promoting to people that you can that, play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like cycle people through, like, did you like what you played? You can play more, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you got to see, you got a little taste of it. Do you, you know, do you want to play more? We have the space for it, but I want to teach somebody else who's right behind you. Yeah. Another pro tip for that, for a lot of the games that are out um, at least when they first come out, it seems a lot of people do go and donate copies to the PAX library, which you again you have access to the entire weekend from 10 a.m. to midnight. Oh, and um, at PAX East, I worked as an enforcer, which are the super nice people that are working for PAX to help you around. So be, be nice to them and listen to what they say. But they will help you also if you're stuck. Um, and I worked at the library at the games library at PAX East. And so many people came up to look for games that they had seen on the show floor that they wanted to try out now with their friends in their own time. So like, I would say pro tip for anybody who is definitely indie and thinking about selling their games at PAX is to try to get at least a copy or two into the PAX library. Because so many people, like so many people were coming up like, do you have Fire Tower? I want to try Fire Tower by that, you know, that game company mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they're going to buy it, and they're going to go buy it tomorrow. But they wanted to have that time alone with it, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So, so if there is something you see on the floor and it's out, it's always worth checking to see if it's at the library there. And, and maybe you can go play it with your friends and see how hard is this to learn on my own? How hard is it to teach my friends versus mm -hmm. having the you know, person who's demoing and has all their cards set up teaching you too. So. And possibly if you're running a booth and you know you have your uh, game in the library, probably put up a sign. That way, if you, you know, passerbyers think oh, that line's too long, they mm -hmm. can see that sign that says available in the library and they can just go straight there and play and pick it up. Mm -hmm. The volunteers are called enforcers. Uh, yeah. They're enforcers. They're actually paid now. Um, they, when PACs first started out 20 years ago, they were volunteers, but then they realized it was probably better to have them be paid staff. So they are paid staff, um, and they're trained Good. to do different things. So you'll see the ones that are kind of like the meet and greeters. There'll be some that are more, um, you know, the line management. And then in the first look section, which has a lot of the newer games, um, they usually try to study up the rules and they can at least help you get started with a teach if you're interested in learning something in the first look section. But yes, enforcers, they will have purple shirts that say Pax Unplugged on one side and enforcer on the back. If you are feeling anything as far as like, I'm lost, I'm confused, I, you know, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go for this, find one of them and they can, they will always be happy to help you get to whatever space you need to get to, even if it's just kind of a safe space for a minute to, to relax. Is there a yeah. small chance that they'll rough you up? No. Well, I mean, oh, unless not you that kind of it. enforcer. <laughs> I mean, that's only because I'm not an enforcer right now. You know, people got to be put in their place sometimes. Yeah, they. I mean, they will pass you along the line to the person that's allowed to rough you up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so don't don't right, do that. <laughs> right over there, officer. Yeah. You know, the classic. Uh, the man in the aviators with the fuzzy hat. Yeah. 
I ran the library and it was lovely that night. The three of us um, from 6 p.m. till midnight, we ran the library as a shift. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But it was very interesting Whoa. to see what people were looking for, what they were asking for, and the kind of knowing that that had been on the floor earlier or had been mentioned at some other discussion, like somebody's top 10 or something. It's, yeah. And also, too, um, after the expo halls closed, there's nothing stopping anybody from just sitting at a table with their game and showing it. I sat down with <laughs> Seppi last year and did um, Conquest Princess because he oh, just wow. sat on one of the free play tables with that. So, again, it doesn't, you know, obviously you'll be tired and you should go get dinner or whatever if you have a booth. But you could always just slide over there. And um, PAX has a little, um, the PAX library has signs that say LFG, looking for a group, if you're not a gamer, or LFT, looking for teacher. Mm. And if you get a game from the library and you're like, this needs six people and it's just me, you can grab that sign and sit down. People like to hang the lid of the game box off the sign so people can see what it is and you'll Mm -hmm. make new friends that way. Um, And if you don't know how to play it, you can get looking for teacher and do the same thing and people will stop by. But if, yeah, if you're just demoing your game, there's really nothing to stop you from hanging out in the library area and just say, who wants to play this game with me? That's this new cool game. Is that part of the free play area? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, the free play area is where you would sit to play the games from the library or you can sit with the games you bought. Like there's no real. Mm -hmm. You flushed it earlier, but maybe we should talk about the PAX app a little bit. Because that's kind of yes. where they find the map. Say, if yeah. you don't have the I think app, I just downloaded this, so I haven't no. even opened it yet. Oh, definitely get it if you can. Um, they'll they'll probably still have the paper guides there for you, but it's just nice because you can make you can make your little schedule of things you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that huge, huge list, I have two things that I'm interested in. That's, that's a panel but um and you can also make a list of like exhibitors that you're curious about seeing so i made it mm-hmm. my favorites and it has all like the actual exhibitors i definitely want to stop by oh that's is, cool so and i can and then it has their booth numbers and all that stuff too so if you're just like i cannot find you know terrible games where are they and then you can click on you know my favorites. shout out to john <laughs> yeah i just back to velka so i'm like i need to stop by and say hello they're at booth 3951 there we go you know i know where they are <laughs> So Holy it's a little whoa. bit easier. Just looking through the TCGs on, you know, kind of, I guess, on display. And I, like, was scrolling down. And then I hit the timestamp of 1030. And I was like, wait, that's all just in the first hour, you know, first 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There, okay. And there's stuff I that's running all day deep. that you can sign up for and things like that, too. That looks, okay. Yeah. So take, oh, wow. take the time to look at that before you get there. That can be your, your airport activity, I guess. But <laughs> I'm, defi- I'm, I'm definitely going to. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, it will give me something list. to do on the plane ride. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you can search like, you know, words and stuff. So you might even be able to type in, I don't know, I haven't tried like designer or anything like that to see if they've got something that's for promotion or things like that. Yeah, there's a game jam for designing one page RPG, um, RPGs, demystifying game design. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Look. so you might be able to find more things by searching. Fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like if you don't need to sleep, if you don't need to eat, yeah. you're going to have plenty of time to just <laughs> play those games. Yeah, sleeping and eating. I mean, we have 364 other days of the year to do that. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> comes once a year. Speaking of things you're excited for, what, what games are you most excited for this year? Um. So, yeah, the first look section, I finally sat down and looked at the website the other day, and I've got so I've got a lot. Because <laughs> um, first looks like all the like the big hype right now, but one of the big ones, Board Game Arena has um, Dracula versus Van Helsing up, which is a two-player trick-taking game, but it's not out over here yet. But they have copies at PAX, Ooh. so I'm hoping I can sit down and play that in person. Nice. Um, just because card games in person, they're always better. Um, they've mm-hmm. got Apiary, which is the new Stonemeyer game with space bees which i actually i bought it already but i don't know how to play it so i'm hoping i can sit down in the first look section and find someone to play with me um nice. white castles the other one everybody's talking about the new devere game it's like a dice placement game that just seems to be it's just everywhere on tiktok right now so it's another one i'm hoping some friends will sit down and show me how to play that one and art is it art project um, yeah, ART Project, which is like a co-op heist game, oh, wow. uh, which just, it looks really cool, but it's, it sounds fun. I love a good co-op game, and there's yeah. been some real solid ones out recently that 
you know, we're just challenging enough that you're not going to win it. You know, you know, that first game is going to be rough, but it'll be fun. And that one's supposed to be there, too. So I definitely want to check that one out. Um, and from the first look area, um, I posted a whole list up on my blog the other day. So there's even more. There's even more than just that. But there's so many. Yeah. But and the nice thing too, like first look will have the enforcers that are there that can help teach you, um, or help and even help pair you up. Last year, uh, or at PAX East, they had Wandering Towers, uh, mm. which was a really it was only out in Germany at that point. It hadn't hadn't been released over here, but you know my friend and I were like, oh, we'd like to play that. And he's like, you got to sit with these guys. It needs four players. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm being introduced to two new friends, and we played a whole bunch of games together over there after that as we moved around because we had four people and. Sometimes those games just work a little better with, with four people, and it was a lot of yeah. fun. So they were, they were good. Ooh. And the enforcers, like, walked us through the rules really quick, and they're like, okay, play. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And it's cool yeah. that they have, like, that on tap and ready to go. Now, you just mentioned something that I think uh, Danny and I probably are going to be doing a lot of, and that is making friends because we want to meet and, you know, meet all these other folks. We're going to be with media badges, so we're going to be running into a lot of people asking to show asking them to show us their games for TikTok coverage. What, if you had an opinion on this, what is the best way to quickly, you know, rope somebody into, uh, rope is probably not the right term here, but <laughs> I, I just met you. Corral. What do you think amongst the board game community is the best way to like get their info? Like, uh, are we looking at like meeting people and getting their Instagram handles or their, is it a big on, I mean, obviously TikTok is huge. Um, what are like, what would you recommend? Like grab this from people so that you can follow up with them later. Yeah. I, I mean, I was impressed at Gen Con how many, um, board game creators, content creators and whatnot had cards. Like they were ready to go and if they didn't yeah. have a card, they had a sticker and you would be marked and then you would have that on you to know who they were also. But a lot of them have cards with their Instagram, their TikToks and their emails, especially if you've got that media badge. Um, yeah. which I think you should get a little extra access as far as getting onto the floor too. So that's a good time to catch people maybe before the show's starting or even after it's winding down because they won't be hurting you out of the building like the rest of us <laughs> will be. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. really, yeah, that's really good. So there's a good chance I'll, they'll have cards for us to grab. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely, especially Great. if you say that, yeah, your TikTok content creators or your game designers too, they will, they'll have cards for you, no problem. Or at least QR mm -hmm. codes you can scan really quick, too. I yeah. take a lot of pictures of things to remember what the heck I did all day. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. so, you know, you're flying by these booths. You're trying all these games. So I always at least try to take a picture of, like, the booth or the game while I'm playing it so that later on I can remember, like, what the heck was the name of that game? Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot. You know, it does. you can't get a little information overload. Okay. No, yeah, I that's actually a really good tip. I mean, in general, take pictures. I always, you know, whether it be for you to remember what happened that day so you can, like, you know, fill out your journal later or just, you know, because uh, I'm a big fan of, like, oh, this happened two years ago or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. see, I see it on Facebook and Instagram and all the social medias, and it's always nice to have those pictures, you know, just mm -hmm. years later to remind you, like, all the things that you've done. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Yep. Oh, sorry. Somebody's, somebody's upset outside and blaring their horn. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very, not enough that we can hear it all the way in Houston. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Very, very Philadelphia behavior going on outside in Austin, <laughs> Texas right now. Hey, now. No, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, just a quick this there for, for everyone uh, in Philadelphia. Um, mm. And also, quick shout out to um, PAX Rising, which I don't know anything about those games yet, but that's because they are baby games also. Um, but there's like six or seven games that are handpicked by PAX and they have a special like highlighted table in the center of the hall. Um, so mm -hmm. if you want to talk to people who are probably super new at all the gaming stuff too, they'll be there because a lot of them are either like pre-Kickstarter or last year there was a few people that had just fulfilled their Kickstarters, but they were still just like really small game designers. Um, mm -hmm. And that was another just great opportunity to see different kinds of games um, that were being highlighted. They usually did a good job yeah. of picking a lot of different genres too, which is oh. fun. Those will be great to talk to because they're essentially mm -hmm. our kin or, or our uh, peers, I would say, at this point. Yep. And then there's yeah, un we're, we're the Unpub Room, um, which I'm not sure where it is this year. It's moved a couple different times, but at Unplugged, it gets a whole room. At East, it's usually like a table off to the side. Unplugged, it gets a whole big space with people who are playtesting their games. And that'll be people who have everything 
like ready to go, ready to go to the printers at some point or get on Kickstarter soon to people who have, you know, um, index cards that they've drawn pictures on because they're just so in that base level. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting opportunity, too, to see what people are thinking about for games, what kind of stuff they're working on. So I would definitely check out that space, too. Um, it's probably a space where you guys would be able to actually give a lot of advice to some people who are, who are really just starting out. Um, and you might find some other people with similar kind of missions as it comes to changing you know, the, the CTG gaming, like, landscape mm-hmm. stuff. We'll definitely have to check out the Unpub Room. I mean, that yeah, definitely Yeah, it's a lot is. of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can imagine. It's it's so cool to just see what people are working on. Uh, works on progress are always fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. And I always think it's fun to see those rooms. Not that there's anything wrong with, like, the big publishers, but, you know, it's like you said, you go to San Diego Comic-Con and it's Marvel. Marvel's not really worried about me. <laughs> they're they're fine with their giant piles of money, you know, and not that, you know, most but the big game designers, I'm like, they're fine. They don't really need me. But these guys, they are just happy to have someone play their games. Sometimes it's just nice to go down there and just be like, I I know you're all down here by yourself. So let me play some games. Well, I mean, when we were at Comic Palooza, I mean, I, I legitimately thought no one was going to come by and play the game. And we were busy all day. I think we had probably like 25 people overall play the game. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I've never been more grateful in my life. Cause I mean, having strangers give you the time of day and actually like interact with what you've, you've made is such an incredible feeling. And, um, yeah, definitely do that for people. And, uh, we look forward to paying it forward in the unpub room while we're there. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> not to, not to get too much on a soapbox here. Definitely feel free to like, will if this seems like a good edit point possibly, but I do want to say word of the wise. Now, granted comic Palooza, that's a comic book convention with a game on the situation on the side. Uh, but something that I've really felt strongly about is if you, if, if I play your game, you should play my game. You know, it should, you know, especially if I say, hey, come over and play our game now that I've played your game. I'm just saying this because there was one table of gentlemen who were playing a game. I sat down and played with them, gave them some, I think, some pretty solid feedback on the game experience. And they were about to pack up and, you know, take off. And I was like, hey, just stop by our table really quick. I'll show you what we got cooking up. Went back, sat down at our table, saw them just leave. And then they didn't come back. And it just left a very sour taste in my mouth. So just be, I guess, be mindful, you know, about that. If you are a game designer, I think like, you know, play for play is probably a good, a good overall rule to have. I mean, obviously, and if you're not going to make it, don't, you know, if you can't play the other person's game, just let them know, you know, that it's just out of the cards or whatever. A little quid pro (laughs) quo. Quid pro quo. It's a little bit. I mean, I, I don't think there's any. I think it's all above board, though. You know, it's just you know, uh, you, at least you know, at least go, at least stop by and get the like the elevator pitch of the game. Yeah, the I, I think that that's it's basic fair. networking one hundred and one. Yeah. You know, get mm-hmm. over there and talk to each other. Don't just reciprocity. Networking, networking doesn't work if you're not doing both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And, and, and awesome, like if you if you have a game and you uh, demo it for someone and they love it and then they're like, hey, come demo our game and then you like blow them off, like you just took their positive game experience and like turned them into someone who's like never going to support you <laughs> because mm-hmm. you, you're oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, like just be be generous. And if, if you really can't, you know, make an effort to connect with them in some other way and just be like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in this. I have to run. But can we look at this on TTS or, you know, can we meet up later? But Mm-hmm. To Joel's point, don't blow them off. Quid pro quo. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think that's okay. good advice. So I have this question here. Maybe in the, you know, maybe this is one of those things. There's no there is no true answer, or maybe just don't think it's a, a well worded question. But are there potential like, you know, you're trying to decide, I want to go to this booth, I want to go to that booth. The first you know, thing is just going to be, am I interested in that game, the theme, the way it looks like it plays, does it look fun? But, you know, going down the, the you know, the was it uh, the hierarchy of needs? Let's get down to that base hierarchy, which is like, even if you like think the game looks cool, is there red flags that you could see from a mile away on a booth that's like that booth is possibly just going to waste my time? Hmm. I mean, so in my real life, in my, <laughs> in my day job, um, I'm a librarian and I do a lot of outreach. And when I'm at that table, I try to exude the excitement and the, you know, love that I have for what I do to the person who's walking up to me. 
And I know, I know it's a skill. I know it's a learned skill that I've learned after doing this for a while. But if I walk by a table, and again, two, you know, red flags for me being a woman in this situation also <laughs> is how they react to me looking at their table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I go up to the table and they're like, hey, do you want to hear about our new game? Or what kind of games do you like to play? Or, you know, they immediately are engaging with me as a fellow gamer. That's like, yeah, good flag. Mm-hmm. But if, like, I walk by the table and I'm looking and they're also kind of just like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> don't you like, work, some... did you work here? <laughs> they're like, move along, move along. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like, what's going on? Are you just like, are you eyeing me up and deciding I'm not going to want to buy your thing? Are you don't want to talk to me for some other reason are you super shy and that's fine just you know maybe if you're left to run the table let your your other staff mates know that i'm really bad at engaging with the customers so we have the pretty woman moment and pull out a few hundred dollar bills and be like oh actually we'll take it over here um one of the things that pax has always had um is the they call it their no booth babes policy, mm-hmm. which was essentially like you can't just hire the hot person to stand at your booth unless they actually are part. So, you know, it's fine if you guys show up with your hot outfits on and you're selling the game. That's totally yeah. fine. If you've got your whole like midriff outfit you were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. Or last, I, I'm sorry, I was watching a podcast, watching the podcast earlier and now I'm melding them together. Um, <laughs> the Halloween well, gossip I'm you t- talked about in a previous episode. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, but you're selling the game and that's fine. You know the game it is your product. But you can't just like hire that hot chick from next door and bring her in and have her stand at your booth. Um, because that was always the thing that made people uncomfortable. It was like, wait, uh-huh. what's going on here? Um, but sometimes, you know, you'll still see kind of that art style pop-up places and i think for me sometimes that's a red flag of like okay not that's probably not for me unless there's something else on there that's showing that this is a a humorous or a satire thing or something it's like okay well well, tell me more but sometimes you're just like yeah no i mean a lot of body pillows I was going to say, um, I was thinking about this the other day, and it is like, it's one thing for sexuality to exist inside games or storytelling and narrative, but it's another thing when it's front and foremost, you know that it, it might be on the shallower side, and you might it not, might not have the other qualities you're looking for if that's what they want to lead with. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If it's the one marketing tool they have, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, try, yeah. I'm, I'm so relieved that you said we can exploit ourselves because you better believe I have uh, a suite of outfits (laughs) to get sweet with the customer ready to go. I mean, you've seen this already, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Should I pray? I I just need a cob pipe and I'll be a, like a fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like a storm today. It was a storm yesterday too. Do you know anything about bailing people out of jail in Philadelphia? (laughs) (laughs) I say we just leave him and move on. (laughs) Fair. That answered, that answered the question from my point of view. Okay. I mean, You're going on an exhibitor badge, aren't you? You have an exhibitor uh, badge. Yeah, actually I am because I am helping at the Games Unbound um, table. I'm just watching the table them for them for a few hours while they're off doing panels and running games, which is another room you should check out. I'll just shamelessly plug the PAX Together room, which is a space that kind of is set aside as a safe space for like anybody who feels as though they're marginalized in the gaming community. Um, they have a, their own little game library there with games designed by um, kind of different diverse backgrounds and things like that. And also games that they'll be focusing on, like they're going to do like Coyote and Crow, the RPG. They'll do games of Thirsty Sword Lesbians um, and probably some other ones that I'm, you know, they have a huge list that you can pick from there too. But they'll be in a kind of a separate space. It's usually a little quieter space too to kind of um, maybe help out anybody who's neurodivergent and doesn't like the boom of the expo hall or trying to play a role-playing game in a loud room. So take the time if you're there and say hello to them because they are good people. And there'll be other booths in that room like Tabletop Gamers, G-A-Y-M-E-R-S, and some other organizations that are just good people trying to make the gaming space safe for everyone. Um, So, yeah, that's my shameless plug for that room. (laughs) No, that's a great tip because I think there are a lot of people who would want to know that 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 exists. And so, yeah, you you heard it here. I mean, there's there's a a safe space available. And you said that's packs together room, correct? Yep. Packs together. And they usually have free rainbow lanyards. Ooh! Wow. (laughs) If you want a free rainbow lanyard. (laughs) Always. what, What is Games Unbound? Can you tell us a little more about Games Unbound? Um, so they are a group out of Washington, D.C. that runs um, 
TTRPGs, mostly Dungeons and Dragons games. Um, their big focus is trying to do it, you know, get it out into the community for people. So they've done like summer camps and some online camps for kids, but they are working with my library right now um, to run a D&D game once a month. Um, run like three games. If you want to talk about chaos, it's three games at once in our meeting room. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's how, but I met them at PAX East two years ago, um, bumped into them while wandering the halls and made sure I checked out that um, PAX Together room just because it was there and felt I should. And they were there and we were chatting and here I am in Boston and they're like, oh yeah, we're from DC. We run D&D games for libraries and things. So I was like, what? So, you know, another good yeah. reason to go up and talk to people at those tables because you don't know what kind of connections you'll make. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that segues into what you do with your in your day to day life. I, I'm not sure um, how much you want to divulge in terms of like all the specifics, but don't you kind of run games out of a library like in day to day? I do have, um, I'm trying to start kind of a board game club at the library for once a month, just kick that off, mm -hmm. um, and then dabbling in some other kind of little role-playing games for people, because there's just a lot of, there's a lot of interest in those games, um, but again, kind of finding that safe space, especially for kids and younger teens, that parents don't know where they can really take them, that they yeah. can play those games, and we're like, the library can do it, and then they, that's, you know, just saying the library is doing it means it's going to be safe but yeah with things like stranger things and the movie and all that stuff there's been so much interest in dungeon and dragons but yeah. there's a huge kind of barrier there but yeah, yeah well the barrier getting five people to sit together at a table for exactly. four hours at least <laughs> <laughs> but also but that also brings up a great point it's like uh for lack of a better term nerds can be born to jocks and the jocks <laughs> might not know the ins and outs of the D and D that they saw on the stranger things. So getting, having a place where it's just like, you can bring your kids here. We can show them the way. And maybe if you stick around, you can bond with your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had a lot I of that. I love too. that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do, is there any other games that are popular at your library or like, you know, any, any that people are interested in playing out of the library? Um, I uh, we one of our libraries was running a Warhammer group for a while. Ooh, um, wow. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. And then we've just been kind of trying to do more sort of, um, I know one of them's doing like an RPG test before you buy day around the holidays for people to come and like browse different books that we have in this library system um, to get ideas. And then we've just been trying to expand our collection. We have like all the Dungeons and Dragons books, um, but we've been trying to expand and getting like Pathfinder um, and some of the kids ones like... Um, it called Amazing Tales, I think, is one that's actually a, a TTRPG for children. Um, trying to get more of those, too. So kind of just, uh, you know, beef up our collection at the library. And more and more libraries have have those things in their collection. Because it is, again, when it's $60 to even just look at the dungeon guide, mm -hmm. it's great if you could just come get it for the library for free and, and figure out yeah. if it's something you'd even want to want to do. <laughs> Especially because a lot of those, if you just, you know, if you take the time and copy the information out of it, especially if you're a player and you know which class and race you want to be, you know, you can, and it's not a spellcaster, you could probably copy down everything you need <laughs> over the course of, you know, across like three or four <laughs> blank pages in your notebook, you know, and then like be set, especially, you know, if you're playing like a monk or something like that, that doesn't have too much going on outside of the, the pages that the monk class is on. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I just yes. appreciate how much your this dress is doing so much for me right now, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I feel like that should just be the thumbnail. I don't even think any of us should be in the thumbnail for this YouTube video. <laughs> Very possible. I mean, this could be a recurring character too. Um, I'm holding strong though. It's not too hot yet. <laughs> um, but no, that, I think that's a great idea. Like, I, I know that it was a barrier of entry for me playing d and I didn't come from the most affluent background. And just getting the player's handbook was pretty much, I, I don't want to go as far as to say a full-blown birthday present, but it was definitely a big ask to get that money together just to get the player's handbook. Um, and the idea that if you want to, if you're a, the, the kid who wants to be the DM and you need to have that Dungeon Master Guide and the Monster Manual too, oof, that can really set you back. So I'm just really happy that people are getting that lower barrier of entry. You know, eventually you do want to get the books yourself because you're going to want to mark those things up if you're a really <laughs> good DM. Uh, you know, put in some little uh, 
what you know those little tabs to pull the pages you know like uh like the permanent bookmarks if you will um so yeah i don't know i'm, I'm really excited about what y'all have going on and expanding what a library can be and what a library can do mm -hmm. is very important i mean especially in the digital age um i'm just really happy to find that y'all are exploring the different places that this free space this free safe space can be utilized for the community yep shameless plug everybody listening Go see what your library is up to right now. And if they're not doing D&D, &D, find out why. Can you help them? Maybe you could run the games for them. Maybe they can pay you to do that. I'm just saying. Um, you know you know what the real bait is to get the kids uh, that might not play D&D? &D? <laughs> Fortnite D&D. &D. Can we restart it's, on it's that so phrase? Worse like, it's can we not say outfit. the real bait to get the kids <laughs> as a sentence it's, on a podcast? It's so much worse with that outfit, too. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> Honestly, no, you okay. don't need to, though. They are showing. They were. I, we have uh -huh. a maximum of 21 people for our uh -huh. program. It fills up every single month. It maxes out every month, and I have a wait list of like ten people. It's it's that it's the access. It's because well, it's you know that's a whole separate rant about the whole GMs and DMs and kind of the whole oh they're so special, but they're not that special. But it's hard to find somebody, and that's always the mm -hmm. biggest barrier. So having a program where they can show up and have someone to play and run it for them that mm -hmm. changes everything. Um, oh yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not lack of interest. It's lack of availability for people lack who are of, like, I'd love to play that. I don't know what that is, but I, you know, I want to try it. But nobody else I know plays it. Yeah, I know. And once, you, once people start finding out that you can play a big, strong guy, like my manager at work, he's a, uh, a GM at work. He is a former Marine and, you know, just a tough, you know, like a tough cookie all around. But once I start mentioning, like I, I told him about my uh, Ren Faire experience and once he was like, wait, there's swords there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I know this guy will play D and D. All he had to do is show him like a big, big barbarian guy, and he's like, I want to be that. <laughs> it's so cool because I feel like you know the world used to be about going places to get information, like you wanted to see things that you'd buy or you know go look for books. But increasingly, with the internet making it so easy to get information, like we go out looking for experiences and connection, interaction, engagement. So I think it's phenomenal that you're you know putting programs in place at the library that give people a reason to, to go out and socialize and, and, and get human contact because, you know, for all the wonderful things the internet does for us, I mean, it does, you know, lessen the amount of social experiences that we, we tend to have. So, um, awesome. Yep, 100%, that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would also say if you're at PAX, <laughs> just to bring it back, um, games on demand, which, so there's the there's the ones that you can book ahead of time in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Games on Demand will have a booth somewhere in the building, and they'll just have, like, four or five games on display to play. Mm -hmm. And that one is just a whoever shows up at 2 o'clock and claims a game, there's a DM to run it for you. So that's a great way to sample some different stuff. I got to play Fall of Magic. My friend was able to play um, A Quiet Year. Like these games that just run in two hours that are like one-shot games or even That's things cool. like Scum and Villainy, which are, which is essentially being Han Solo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it's there and you just sit around and everyone goes, what do you want to play? I want to play that. Okay. And then you walk up and they run a game for you. So that one's a little, it's a little more low-key, like getting into it. But um, again, if you just want to dabble, if it's something you've had an interest in, but you're not going to commit to like the four hour D and D campaign or the D and D game that they're going to do, um, some other time that day, games on demand, find them, find them and see what they're up to. Um, cause that was a good, really good experience. That was weird. Huh? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. You're not going to believe this, guys. Turns out this is Danny from the future. And I guess I'm coming into a podcast that we recorded a while ago with Sam Orangerful. And I'm being told that the footage cut off abruptly for Sam's interview. And we have to fill it with something. So let me do that right now. Okay. So first thing I want to say is the takeaways from this episode. There are some takeaways. So Sorry that you got cut off, but here are Sam's key takeaways for PAX Unplugged 2023 Strategy Guide. So here we go. Number one, wear comfy shoes. Your feet are going to hurt if you don't wear comfy shoes, so wear comfy shoes. Number two, this one's important, um, wear deodorant. 
you know, like properly apply deodorant to your body um, so that you smell pleasant for those around you, you know. Um, number three, if you have a Wild Bills cup, bring it because you're going to want to refill that with some uh, delicious uh, uh, sodas. So that's number number three. Number four is on Friday when you get there, get the lay of the land, absorb it all, figure out what you want to do, and then you can uh, execute your plan from there. Uh, number four, uh, there's lots of pins. If you want to uh, trade pins, collect pins, that's a thing you can do, and it would be awesome. Number five, find the Packs Together room. It is a safe space. It's an inclusive space for all kinds of people, and you should definitely check it out and see what it's all about. Uh, and then number six, I don't actually know if this is number six, but I lost track. Um, utilize the library and games on demand. You can find lots and lots of games that you can try out. Sometimes if you're standing in line on the expo floor and you can't get in to see the game that you want, go to the library, check it out. Likewise, show up on time for the on-demand games and get to play a really, really cool game that is guided by an expert that you may not have had a chance to play. Um, I'm sure there were other takeaways, but this is Danny from the future, and I don't really have a clear memory of everything we talked about. So just listen to the episode maybe three or four more times, and you'll be good. Anyway, uh, Joel, um, I'm going to, you know, against my better judgment, turn this back over to you. Just pretend like I didn't jump in and act like this is just like a completely normal outro. All right. Thanks. Bye. Well, this was a great, just a really great um, tips and tricks to PAX uh, Unplugged and to conventions in general, but specifically PAX Unplugged. We're really looking forward to seeing anybody and everybody who listens to the show there in Philadelphia. So come up. If you see us on the floor, we're going to be wearing our Mega Moth shirts one day, our X Seekers of Fortune shirts the other day. You'll be able to spot Danny and I in those black shirts. New hmm? shirts, hot off the press, got these today. This is featuring the, the new logo, which has... Uh, Boban's By Slobodan Djokovic. Yep. And uh, apologies in advance if that was pronounced incorrectly. I have no idea how to. No apologies for me. <laughs> <laughs> Quid pro quo. <laughs> yes. Bait the children. <laughs> Here, I, just for, just so we don't get racked over the coals, I'm just going to double check the name. It's definitely Slobodan Jovanovic. No, I, yeah, I know it's Jovanovic. Jovanovic. I, think I know there's a lot of syllables. I'm unconfident about how to verbalize them. Excellent. But yeah, if you want to, you know, if you, the viewer, want to get any more of these tips and tricks for future conventions that we're going to be attending, why don't you go ahead and ring that dang bell, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. There are so many places where you can get our show. You have no excuse not to get our show day one. So ring a ding ding. Get it while it's hot and fresh. Unless you don't like it, then just don't. Sorry, Joel. I mean, and leave a review where you give us five stars like we deserve. I spent, I'm in Texas, Austin, Texas right now. My air conditioning is broken. I am under hot lights and I am wearing not only a hoodie, but a pea coat and this wool hat. Do I not deserve your review? Don't believe them, folks. It's all CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Danny. What, what do you got for us right here at no the matter, end, last words? Yeah, no matter what anyone tells you, um, you can never be too full of orange. You can always be oranger full. So do that. Be that. Excellent. Excellent, folks. And just a reminder, we'll be seeing all of y'all who are going at PAX Unplug. I've been Joel. This has been Danny and Sam reminding you, you must start somewhere. So why not here? Thanks for listening. Uh, for those at home uh, who, who can't see the video, Joel is passed out uh, from heat exhaustion on the floor. His face is, is glowing red. Um, and he looks like maybe the core um, at Chernobyl after it started uh, melting down. And, um, well, I don't, I don't know there's going to be another episode.